Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of the Percy Jackson Podcast. So, today we're going to start episode number 12. Rachel makes a really bad deal. That's the name of the chapter. Okay, let's begin. I grabbed Wilson's lace from the, apple, from the apple cable and told the rest of the siblings to keep searching for Michael Yu. We borrowed a Yamaha FZ1 from a sleeping biker and drove to the Plaza Hotel at speeds that would have given my mom a heart attack. I'd never driven a motorcycle before, but it wasn't any harder than riding a Pegasus. Along the way, I noticed a lot of empty pedestals that usually held statues. Plan 23 seemed to be working. I didn't know that if it was good or it was bad. It only took us five minutes to reach the plaza, an old-fashioned white stone hotel with a gabled blue roof sitting at the southeast corner of the Central Park. Tactically speaking, the plaza was then the best place for headquarters. It was the tallest building in the town and the most centrally located. But it had old-school style and attracted a lot of famous demigods over the years like the Beatles and Alfred Hitchcock. So I figure we were in good company. Okay. I mean, the most important information from what we get here is the Beatles were demigods. So, nice. I gunned the Yamaha over the curb and swerved to a stop at the fountain near the hotel. Will and I hopped off. The statue at the top of the fountain called down, Oh, fine, I suppose you want me to watch your bike too. She was a life-size bronze standing in the middle of a granite bowl. She wore only a bronze sheet around her legs and she was holding a basket of metal fruits. I'd never paid her too much attention before, then again, I'd, she never talked to me before. Are you supposed to be Demeter? I asked. A bronze apple sailed over my head. Everyone thinks I'm Demeter. She complained, I'm Pompona, the Roman goddess of plenty. But why should you care? Nobody cares about the minor gods. If you cared about the minor gods, you wouldn't be losing this war. Three cheers for Morpheus and Hecate, I say. What's the bike? I told her. Pompona cursed in Latin and threw more fruit as Will and I ran towards the hotel. I'd never actually been inside the plaza. The lobby was impressive with the crystal chandeliers and parts of rich people, but I didn't pay much attention. A couple of hunters gave us directions to the elevators and we rode towards the penthouse suites. Demigods had completely taken up the top floors. Campers and hunters were crashed on sofas, washing up the bathrooms, stripping their silk draperies to bandage their wounds and helping themselves to snacks and sodas from the minibars. A couple of timber wolves were drinking out of the toilets. I was relieved to see that so many of my friends had made it through the night of life, but everybody looked beat up. Percy, Jake Mason clapped me on the shoulder. We're getting reports. Later, where's Annabelle? I said. The terrace. She's a live man, but... I pushed past him. Under different circumstances, I would have loved the view from the terrace. It... Looked straight down the central park. The morning was clear and bright, perfect for a picnic or a hike. Pretty much anything except fighting monsters. Anna would lay on a lounge chair. Her face was pale and beaded with sweat. Even though she was covered in blankets, she shivered. Selena Burogov was wiping her forehead with a cool cloth. Will and I pushed the crowd of Athena kids. Still, oh, uh, it's not Will. Will unwrapped Annabeth's bandages to examine the wound, and I wanted to faint. The bleeding had stopped, but the gash looked deep. The skin around the cut was a horrible shade of green. 
Annabeth, I choked up. She'd taken that knife for me. How could I let that happen? Poison of the dagger? Pretty stupid of me, huh? She mumbled. Bill Celeste exhaled with relief. It's not so bad, Annabeth. A few more minutes and we would have been in trouble, but the venom hasn't got past the shoulder yet. Just lie still. Somebody had me some nectar. I grabbed a canteen. Bill cleaned up the wound with a godly drink while I held Annabeth's hand. Ow, 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 ow. She said. She gripped my hands so tight they turned purple, but she stayed still, like relaxed. Silla muttered words of encouragement. Will put some silver paste over the wound and hummed words of the ancient Greek, a hymn to Apollo. Then he applied fresh bandages and stood up shakily. The healing must have taken a lot of his energy. He looked almost as pale as Annabeth. That should do it. But we're getting some more mortal supplies. He grabbed a piece of hotel stationery, jotted down some notes, and handed it one of the Tina guys. There's a Duan Reed on the 5th. Normally, I would never steal. I would, Travis volunteered. Will glared at him. Leave cash and drachmas to pay. Whatever you've got, but this is an emergency. I've got feeling we're going to have a lot of more people to treat. Nobody disagreed. There was hardly a single demigod who hadn't already been wounded. Except me. Come on, guys, Travis Tall said. Let's give Annabeth some space. We've got a drugstore to raid. I, I, I mean, where's it? <laughs> the demigod shuffled back inside. Jake Mason grabbed my shoulder as he was leaving. We'll talk later, but it's under control. I'm using Annabeth's shield to keep an eye on things. The enemy withdrew at sunrise. Not sure why. You've got to look out at each bridge and tunnel. Thanks, man, I said. He nodded. Just take your time. Closed the terrace doors behind him, leaving Selena, Annabeth, and me alone. Selena pressed a cool cloth to Annabeth's forehead. This is all my fault. No, Annabeth said weakly. Selena, how is it your fault? I've never been any good at camp. Not like you, a prissy. I was a better fighter. Her mouth trembled. Ever since Beckendorf died, she'd been getting worse, and every time I looked at her, it made me angry about his death all over again. Her expression reminded me of glass, like she might break any minute. I swore to myself that if I ever found the spy who caused her boyfriend his life, I would give him to Mrs. O'Leary as a tutor. You are a great camper, I told Solana. You are the best Pegasus rider we have, and you get along with people, believe me. Anyone who can make friends with Clarice has talent. She stared at me like I'd just given her an idea. That's it. We need the Aries cable. I can talk to Clarice. I know I can convince her to help us. Whoa, Selena, even if you get off the island, Clarice is pretty stubborn. Once she gets angry, please, I can take a Pegasus. I know I can make it back to camp. Let me try. I exchanged looks with Annabeth. She looked nodded slightly. I did like the idea. I didn't think Solana had a chance of convincing Clarice to fight. On the other hand, Solana was too distracted right now. Then that would just get herself hurt in battle. Maybe sending her back to camp would give her something else to focus on. All right. I can't think of anyone better to try. Selena threw her arms around me. Then she pushed back awkwardly, glancing at Annabeth. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Thank you, Prissy. I won't let you down. Once she was gone, I knelt next to Annabeth and felt her forehead. She was still boarding up. You're cute when you're boarding. She muttered, your eyebrows get all scrunched together. You're not going to die while you are you a favor, I said. Why did you take that knife? You would have done the same thing. 
It was true, I guess we both knew it. Still, I felt like somebody was poking my heart with a cold metal rod. How did you know? Now what? I looked around to make sure we were alone. Then I leaned in close and whispered, My Akala's spot. If you hadn't taken the knife, I would have died. She got a faraway look in her eyes. Her breath smelled of grapes, maybe from the nectar. I don't know. Percy, I just had this feeling you were in danger. And where is this pub? I wasn't supposed to tell anyone. But this was Annabeth. If I couldn't trust her, I couldn't trust anyone. The smile of my back. She lifted her hand. Where, here? She put her hand on my spine and my skin tingled. I moved her fingers to the spot that grounded me to my mortal life. A thousand volts of electricity seemed to arc through my body. You saved me, I said. Thanks. She removed her hand, but I kept holding it. So you owe me, she said weakly. What else is new? We watched the sun come up over the city. The traffic should have been heavy by now. There were no cars honking, no crowds bustling along the sidewalks. Far away, I could hear a car alarm echo through the trees. A plume of black smoke curled into the sky somewhere over Harlem. I wonder how many ovens have been left on when the Morpheus spell hit. How many people have fallen asleep in the middle of cooking dinner? Pretty soon, there will be more fires. Everyone in New York was in danger and all those lives depend on, uh, on us. You asked me why Hermes was mad at me, Annabeth said. Hey, you need rest. No, I should tell you, it's been bothering me for a long time. Last year, Luke came to see me in San Francisco. In person? I felt like she just hit me with a hammer. He came to your house. This was before we went into the labyrinth. Before she faltered, but I knew what she meant. Before she t- he turned into Kronos. He came under a flag of truce. He said he only wanted five minutes to talk. He looked scared, Percy. He told me Kronos was going to use him to take over the world. He said he wanted to run away like the old days. He wanted me to come with him. But you didn't trust him. Of course not. I thought it was a trick. Plus, well, a lot of things had changed since the old days. I told Luke there was no way. He got mad. He said, he said I might as well fight him right there because it was the last chance I'd get. Her forehead broke out in sweat again. The story was taking too much of her energy. It's okay. Try to get some rest, I said. You don't understand, Percy. Hermes was right. Maybe maybe if I'd gone with him, I would have changed his mind. Or, or I had a knife. Luke was unarmed. I could have killed him. You know that would have been right. She squeezed her eyes shut. Luke said Kronos would use him like a stepping stone. Those were his exact words. Kronos would use... Luke and become even more powerful. He did that. He possessed Luke's body. But what if Luke's body is only a transition? What if Kronos is a plan to become even more powerful? I could have stopped him. The war is my fault. Her story made me feel like I was back in the sticks, slowly dissolving. I remember last summer when the two-headed god Janus had warned me warned Annabeth that she would have to make a major choice, and that happened after she saw Luke. Pat had also said something to her. You will play a great role, though it may not be the role you imagined. I went to ask her about the vision Hestia had showed me, about her early days with Luke and Thalia. I knew it had something to do with my prophecy, but 
I didn't understand what. Before I could get up my nerve, the terrace door opened. Connor Stahl stepped through. Percy? He glanced down a bit like he didn't want to say anything bad in front of her, but I could tell he wasn't bringing good news. Mr. Leary just came over with Grover. I think you should talk to him. I feel so bad for Annabeth. So, we're going to keep it till here. And complete it next Sunday. Ah, so, stay tuned only on the Percy Jackson Podcast.